Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. I hope you're all doing absolutely awesome and looking forward to the end of the year now. This is the big run till Christmas when you're running a recruitment company. And it's super challenging keeping everybody on track and making sure that we don't burn out too early, but also are super focused on working the whole way up to the break. And when you have a remote team like we do, it, it, it's even trickier because you just don't have eyes on them. Luckily, we spent, I mean, we spent a large part of the last couple of years um, improving our management systems, our tech systems, our data, um, everything to run a recruitment business. We've just professionalized a lot better. And then we've got some... Uh, more experienced hires into the business as well. So it's all kind of looking a little bit different than it was before. However, I'm not going to pretend that we're way bigger than we are or more successful. And I suppose an example of how you can do it and become successful super quick is today's guest, Joe Janney. So I think he started around three years ago but if you look at a quick snapshot of his career before starting it is like the perfect intro and fast track in our industry and um, he's grown the company to over 80 they have the three offices in nottingham london and new york and well we go into the how he did it all in much more detail and there is an interesting point here of how niche people should be. And three of the fastest growing recruitment companies that I've studied tend to be more sector specialists and um, with less focus on contract at the start rather than being a niche job specialist recruitment firm. And this is a real interesting strategic difference. And now that the market's turned, I'll be interested to see who the next three fastest growing recruitment companies are out there and if they've tweaked their strategic direction based on market dynamics. So anyway, this podcast is sponsored by two of those awesome pieces of software that we use in our business, Sourcewell and Luxo. Really lucky to have these partners and you know our, our team are really happy with our systems, our processes. And my wife runs an advisory business now. So let's say somebody's selling their recruitment company um, and some of the biggest non-executive directors in the industry, they'll roll her in to test the, where the company is at in tech, in processes and systems, in their own talent acquisition. And then she'll be able to formulate reports and then deliver her own advisory from a technical standpoint over a period of time to try and help companies who are trying to improve those systems. So it's a real interesting, uh, real interesting development for Charlotte in her career. Our Rector X stuff is still ticking along. We've expanded our team. We now do back office into recruitment firms. We help recruitment firms with their advisory in terms of our mastermind program, but also in what I mentioned with Charlotte's, but 
we also help them get virtual assistants into their business as well. And a lot of this has come from the community that we built called RecWired, which has like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of active recruitment founders who are sharing their advice, their stories, their problems on a daily basis in our private chat groups. It's all entirely free and you just have to qualify to get access. And that qualification really just depends on what size you're at. And then we would pair you up in the appropriate group based on that. And we've got a Christmas party happening in uh, in the next few weeks. So it's going to be, well, that'll be mayhem in London. And I look forward to it. I'm I'm trying to behave myself now. It's uh, We're coming up to the end of the year. I've been training loads. I've got uh, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu match in Brighton, which I'm going to fly. Me and the family are going to go over and spend some time in our house in the UK. Uh, Now that we're living in Gibraltar, so our house in the UK is Airbnb'd. So we just book it out when we want to come over and spend some time there. And then I might stay on and compete again in the British Open in London. And it... It's all just like old man, low level stuff, but it keeps me on the straight and narrow. And for anybody that's in our industry and running their own business, you need something that takes your mind outside of the constant obsessive up and down nature of what we do. And I find that that every day gives me my outlet where I'm just focused on that. So I'm not being too obsessed with where we're going and how we're going to do it. So that is today's guest, Joe Jenny. And what an impressive, impressive young man he is. He's going to be one of the big winners out there. And, you know, if I before I would have looked at this and I would have been envious. But then I realized... You know, there's only so many people who who are going to be him, who are going to get up to 80 in their head count and are going to be able to double, triple that up as they go. And he's one of them. And he's worked hard and he followed the direction. And I commend him for it. So hope you guys enjoy this. I'll have a lot more podcasts being released over the next little while. I've got uh, later on in the week, I'll be releasing the one that we did with Joe Mullings, the legend Joe Mullings. And it's called Burn the Dead Wood. <laughs> uh, imagine what that means. So, yeah, it's a, it's interesting times in the marketplace. It's not as bad as uh, as big tech would uh, let you believe. But we're going to have an adjustment for a few months, I think. And then, then we get back at it and survival of the fittest. So lots more on that. Um, hope you all have a great week. If you want to come on the podcast, join RecWired want to find out more about what we do, hit me up. I'm always available. I try and respond to everybody on LinkedIn. I think I'm pretty good at that. But uh, if not, just chase me up and we can make it happen. All right. Have a great time. Okay, welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. I'm joined today by what can only be the best hair in agency recruitment, Joe Janai. Come on, lad. 
Is that real for, for any audio listeners only? <laughs> I'm talking full on young John Travolta here. Hey, thanks to all. Uh, I have been told a number of times I do look like a textbook recruiter. I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but we'll go from there. Uh, well, as a bald man in his late 30s, I'm definitely a little jealous. So it's great to have you. Um, Joe, your company's called Metric Search. Give us a snapshot of w w where you're currently at, just size-wise. Yeah, no, thanks for having us, firstly. Um, so, yeah, Metric Search um, been a really good journey so far. So we're currently at 53 headcount-wise, um, three offices, New York, London, and slightly less glamorous, but Nottingham. Um, just finished our last financial year where we hit 10 million revenue. So um, that's all across Perm and good insight into our size. Lovely, 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 lovely. That is unbelievable. Now, what's even more unbelievable about it is how many years did that take? Yeah, so it started just back end of 2019, so we've just ended year three. That's um, unbelievable. It's, it's astronomical, right? Um, what makes this even more unbelievable is the dog average university degree you got in business studies. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know because I have one, right? So it's big bats like me and you in there. And so how long, so you do this average degree, you've got remarkable hair, but you get into agency recruitment. And let me just read this off for anybody who's wondering if he's any use. First person to build 500K in a year, first person to build 2 million, highest ever revenue, 217, 218, highest ever first revenue, <laughs> first, first retainer award, two times global top builder, 225% of team target in America. It goes on and on and on and on, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, how did, did you just get it straight away? Was there, was there a, a turning moment? Did you get lucky? What, what's the story? Is it in the hair? Yeah, I wish I could put it down to the hair, but but no, I'm afraid. I think obviously a two one from Leeds Met is as average as degrees get. Um, I, I got think a two two from Huddersfield. So <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah. You're, you're a high <laughs> achiever in my books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there you go. That's good. Well, um, now I was lucky to be in a good business. Um, some really good managers there. Um, so I picked it up relatively quickly. Um, being from Nottingham, there's not too many opportunities where you can go into a job it's not like a London or New York where everyone's making big money so I was really happy to take that role and when I went home and told my parents the type of money people were making at, at my previous firm they didn't believe me and thought it was some kind of scam and what does mom realized, and dad do uh mom's a social worker dad's a buyer right okay so real working class background hey yeah yeah and, and, and that's one of the reasons that I guess skipping ahead here I was really passionate about coming back to Nottingham and building the business here um there's not too many office jobs, corporate jobs, and definitely jobs like recruitment with high upside. So really enjoying being back in Nottingham. Yeah. Um, so you get in there. When, when, how quickly did it take you to start billing and, and get, get the swing of it? Uh, I think I did my first deal probably like eight weeks in maybe. So I think it was a retainer actually, and then kind of kicked on from there and just got into good habits, I guess. And so those good habits come from good training, good culture. How, how did that company structure it to make it so? 
Yeah, it was when I joined, it was there were a good period. I think there was probably about 20, 25 people, and there were some really good billers there um who were doing the training actually. So you were learning from like the top billers in the company at that point. So um I kind of made an effort to learn from the best person at selling retainers, like the best person on vacancy calls, and was just trying to pick their brains for the first year and then yeah. kind of try to implement my own style a little bit after that. But um it's always good to learn from from good people and I'm hoping that's what people are trying to do here at Metric now as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you do all of this. Do you, did you set up the America's office for for your previous company? Yeah. So um at 25 got the opportunity to move out as GM North America, which was great. Um it kind of sounds weird to say now at 25 because I was probably a lot younger than I felt, I guess. Um but yeah I got that opportunity moved out there for a year in New York and then we had a great year and they offered us the opportunity to to set up with their support and back in uh, to launch metric so we had a great first year in america um and then broke off and launched metric brilliant right let's let me ask you the, the nitty-gritties on that so you're you're obviously an ambitious young man right you've you've gone to america and you can see the path of going out on your own but instead of your current company going do you know what there's the door get out here's your restrictions they said okay well how can we be part of that exactly that and and that i love that by the way I, I love that i i think that's like that's a trick that's missed in our industry all the time definitely and i think that's an arrangement that's worked really well for all parties it it was less risky for us it was beneficial for them i think obviously they'll do well out of that now and Hopefully that's the situation we'll find ourselves in in a few years' time where we'll we'll set someone up with their own own business if they're highly ambitious and, and want to do something exciting. But they I'm I'm get like I don't know the details here, so I just want to squeeze a wee bit out of you. So did did you go to them? Did you go to them and say, hey, I'm setting up? And they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Or like walk us through what that because that's a tricky thing to navigate. Did you have commission coming? Did you think you had enough money? Like uh, it was actually the other way around. They they came to me and said, "Do you want to do this?" And huh. at, at the at the time of being in the company with with no equity and as the GM, and then they were saying, "Do you want to set this up as MD?" Uh, it was a no brainer for me. So just kind of snapped the hand off and went for it straight away. Interesting. So they had the foresight to almost preempt anything happening, and really, yeah. Really, and have they done this with anybody else? Um, I don't believe so. No. No, I don't believe so. I think looking looking back, um, it was probably quite obvious that I was always asking for the next thing. And as yeah. as twenty as you do when you're twenty-five, I was looking for the next next challenge. And I think it was a really yeah, it was good foresight by them. And and as I say, it's worked out really well for everyone. Yeah. So um early days of your launches in the pandemic and like your growth is is remarkable. One of the things that we always tell people is like get a good niche in a good location and if you can do that and stick to it things will work out now you you had the things a bit back to front in a positive way because you had that presence in new york you were able to launch in new york and then set up the uk which is almost making yeah. the uk your feeder club for new york yeah which has been great and i think that's almost one of our unique selling points in the sense that there's not many British recruitment firms that start off in New York. So we started off in New York in, in life science manufacturing, which kind of carried us through COVID, which, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, but yeah, our, our headquarters is, is New York. We've 
we started there. Um, great city to be in. Um, obviously, expensive place to launch the business, but I think that's as we've moved over to England, people are really excited by the fact that we do have that US presence and we're established in New York and we've got a good client base there, which makes things a lot easier. And what, what, so you're setting up your own business under the other one. You're, you're getting to a point where you're, you're almost doing, it's almost independently owned by yourself, right? Yeah. So they've been almost silent partners throughout. Um, so I've kind of been managing director and run that and they've carried on focusing on the current business, um, which, which they have. So yeah, I've been, been pretty much doing it out on my own. Yeah. Did you tweak anything? Uh, were you tempted to to tweak anything from what, the system that you learned? Not massively. I think there was a lot that I, loads of positives from that business, which I tried to keep all of them. Like commission structure was great, really good culture. I think in terms of tweaking things, we're probably trying to offer a little bit more flexibility, a little bit less KPI focused. Um, we actually hired like a training and development manager way earlier. I think we were probably like 13 to 15 people when we hired that role. And I guess they were a little slower to do that, but that really elevated us and helped us grow really quickly. So I think that was one of the really yeah. positive moves we made. Yeah. And you're in uh, our leadership community, the bridge. So you'll yeah. see that's not like, I think moving with the times and having a bit of flexibility and more L and D and more marketing, it, it seems to be a common thread amongst scalable recruitment companies right now. Yeah. I think that's the way to go. And, and we were almost at that point, we weren't really sure if we needed it, but um, making that move and, and Tim, who's in that role has been really essential. Everyone loves him in the business. Um, that was been a really positive move for us. And if I could go back, that probably would have done it even earlier. Um, but I guess you don't really see the value that role adds till, till you do it. Yeah. So how, current headcount is? 53. What's that, what's that made up of? Um, in what sense? Like how many, how many offices? Cool. Yep. So New York, um, London, Nottingham. Um, London's the smallest. London's about ten, and then I think there's about twenty odd in Nottingham and twenty odd in <clears throat> in New York. How many direct reports do you have out of that? So I've got fifty. Um, <laughs> yeah, it feels like that sometimes, but um, but no, the structure is quite good, and that's something I've I've worked quite hard on to be honest. So we've got uh, FD, uh, GM New York, uh, GM Nottingham, and the head of London office so far. Right. Okay. Um, so has it all been plain sailing? Uh, no, I think it goes up and down. Um, obviously launching September, 2019, just before the pandemic, that was a really challenging period. We, we go for the grad model here. So we had a lot of really inexperienced recruiters who, mm -hmm. who, to be honest, were like needed help. And it was really tough to manage remotely when no one had done it before. So, so that was a challenging period, but, but we made a point of keeping everyone on. We didn't let, get rid of anyone. We didn't furlough anyone. Um, and we actually hired. We made some great hires in that period that we probably wouldn't have been able to get, I guess, unless we were taking that risk. Uh, so that was a challenging period of time. And then from going, so we did 1.8 million through COVID, which I was really proud of in our first year, um, between like seven or eight of us. So I, was, I was really happy with that. And then on next year to doing 4 million, which was a good achievement. And then last year doing 10. So we showed good growth. I think now is probably the point where we've gone from 25 to 50 really quick. Yeah. Um, 
it's almost stopped being a startup now and it seems like a proper company which obviously comes with a few more challenges but um mm. but still enjoying it and um but no it's not been plain sailing by any means <laughs> yeah it's all about getting the right advisors in at that stage i think I, i've mentioned a few names to you before like paul beak and a few a few others and i think when you have people strategically that can guide you to the next stage and they can plug people in at the right bit so he, he's been plugging charlotte into a few places to do like the detail piece like the operational and the tech stack and and all of that and and he, i'm sure they put somebody in to do the financial analysis and somebody else is is into to make sure of this i think getting those experts into your business at the right time is is key yeah, and just like adding L and I think that'll be one when we when we do add like a strategic advisor, we'll probably see all the value they added. And I will talk to Paul. I'm supposed to be speaking to him in a couple of weeks. Um, there's a couple of like outstanding items on my end, but once they're sorted, um, looking forward to speaking to a couple of people like Paul. Yeah. So ultimately, uh, you build companies to sell. Um, what? 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 How? How many years are we looking? Yeah. So. Me and the, the current directors here, we've, we've kind of said, look, we want to grow as much as we can in the next five years. We're trying to get to 30 million plus revenue, um, get all of these offices stable, structured, grow headcount in these three locations we've got. Yeah. Um, and see where we're going in five years. Uh, I think there's a lot of like big numbers banded around in recruitment. And I'll sometimes hear people saying, we're going to sell for 100 mil, we're going to sell for 200 mil. And, and I'm always really reluctant to do that. I'd, like, of course, we'd love to, but... Um, yeah. I'm always reluctant to go in with with that at the start. So we're all young, like we're all 30 odd um, in the leadership team. So I think we've got a good five years and, and see where we can get to. Yeah, brilliant. There's no way you're 30 odd now, lad. What are, <laughs> what are you? Well, to be fair, I'm actually 30 ne- in next week. So all I'm right. actually 29. Still, <laughs> still, 20, still 29. Oh, you'll feel it now next week. Don't worry. Um, sure. So this is really exciting. So if you could visualize... Like things have kind of worked perfectly for you, you know, from like being a top performer to getting international move to to growing that to getting back to do your own thing. Um, let's say magically you get that exit and it works out perfectly, and it's a five year to five years, or there's an MBO that happens or something. What would you do then? Yeah, good. I think I'd probably take a year. And then I honestly, I thought about this a few times. I think I'd go and do it again. I think I'd want to go and do it yeah. again. I listened to one of the podcasts. I think it was... Uh, was it Mark Zanowski? Um, no, it was uh, like Dave Spencer personally does life science people. And he was like, obviously, he's done it multiple times. And I kind of like the idea of that. If I still got the energy, I'd love to try to do it again. Maybe a different sector. Yeah. Um, I I had... Uh, I, I've, I've interviewed Mark Zanowski a couple of times and he sold Eurostar for... Like start like serious money years ago, and I and I said so okay so what what's the story like, what do you do then? He goes well you know you you obviously you have a better standard of living, you, you your kids are maybe in a better school and you maybe have an extra holiday and maybe some property investments, and then you're like well what am I really yeah. good at? So then he's like, then you kind of think, well, I don't want to be the one doing all the work. So then, okay, maybe I'll go back somebody. I know they've got Engtal and you've got a really talented yeah. leader. And he, he's away doing it again. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. He gets to fly over to America once a month, do his, like do, do the lunch clubs or whatever it is, make sure that everything's going well, goes back. Somebody else has most of the, the pressure. 
and then maybe you do it again and definitely it, no I, I like the idea of that and and i obviously i moan about it from time to time but i i do love recruitment i've done really well out of the industry yeah. um a couple of our grads last year made like a couple made 80k in nottingham a couple made over 150 in london yeah. and new york and and i'm still buzzing for him and yeah. i think um i think i'll always get the buzz from that i enjoy it i still do deals myself yeah. i still enjoy that so yeah I, I saw the md of uh of oscar not andy the other guy um put out a post on linkedin apologies i can't remember his name but it was about home ownership in young recruiters in their business i thought it was brilliant oh, nice. it was like i can't remember it was like 60 percent of them were able to buy their own house and in times like this it's wonderful that our industry can provide that you know Definitely. They've put some really good content out recently as well. I saw they were like featuring a lot of their like million pound or million dollar yeah. billers as well, which I thought was cool. So uh, yeah, no, I think, I think I'll always be involved in it, but for, in some aspects, if my wife listens to this, I don't know what she'll say when I get home, she might, she might have something different. She'll say I'm, I'm hanging on to you until yeah. you get an exit anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. What, what, what do you still love about it? Um, I think I like being able to help people. I like the energy of the office. I think, my main my main driver with metric is just providing opportunities to people who maybe wouldn't necessarily get them i think having the 21 22 year olds come in and work really hard and change their life i do love that and i like the fact that i feel really well placed to help them and i think the leadership team here all feel really well placed to help people we've all i guess been around the block in our in our careers in recruitment obviously none of us are that old but we've seen a lot of things we've all done relatively well i think being able to pass that on i do enjoy and i think as an industry, it is like no other. I know you can, in New York and London, you've got finance, but I think the freedom and flexibility you get in recruitment is way more than that. And in New York, we obviously compete trying to hire people against some of Wall Street banks. And like, they can make similar money, but they're working till 4 a.m. Um, it's a different lifestyle altogether, recruitment, if you, if you do it right. Sure is. I've just come from a private BJJ. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> my wife's going to be breaking my balls. You're not making enough money. Uh, there you go. That's it. That's what I mean. There's not too many jobs where you can, if you've got it, you can literally do what you want. And I think you're making this sound easier than it is. Um, there's a reason not many people are able to scale to 50 in that time zone and that or in that timeline. And that's because it's incredibly hard. How much work did you have to do to get it to that point? Like, can you can you kind of give us an insight into that? Because it, I, I know it's hard. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah, a lot, to be fair. I think the through the pandemic was the main period of time where I was doing that because we just started, we were seven, eight people, and I was seven, seven every day, working, working at night, working all hours. Um to build this client base up and then following that i guess the real hard work was getting the structure in place um and then that took about that took about 18 months to get good leaders in new york which we've got now um to get good leaders in london which we've got now and then good leaders in nottingham which we've got and i think that was that's difficult you know as well as anyone like hiring experienced recruiters is tough and um trying to get people either bring people through and up to speed or hire people i knew and get them in to form the leadership team that that was tough but but no look building anything takes a lot of sacrifice and time and hours and um again my wife I'm sure she'll she'll say like I I don't really switch off like I'm emailing people now but if if one of the team rings me at 12 at night I'll speak to him and 
Um, it is really like a 24-7 job for me. Um, even though I might not be in the office 24-7, I'm still working yeah, or thinking right. about things. Or if I'm running and listening to one of your podcasts, like I'll yeah. get an idea and then I'm writing it down as soon as I get back. So it's just 24-7. And um, I guess that I guess most people you interview were probably similar. Yeah. Well, most people don't get to 50 after three years. So I suppose I, I probably just wanted to hear that, that it, you know, you don't switch off. That's why you got to that point as opposed to going, okay, I'm going to have a good, a lot of people that we would coach, they would do a good quarter, take the foot off the gas. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you've, you've reinvested every time and grow, oh. grow, grow. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've had to, but, but we're in good markets and like life science manufacturing construction, they've, they've been really good and our clients have been great. They keep coming back to us. They're giving us more and more roles each year. So it's kind of a natural progression. And and the way the blueprint we've got for grads, I feel really confident in it. And I feel like it really works. Like so the average fee or the average year last year for metric was 375k per head. Um and that was with probably like 20 new stars. So we've had new stars coming in doing I think two of them did over 500, four of them did over 300. Yeah. So the blueprint works. So I don't feel nervous hiring grads. Yeah. I feel good hiring them. And I feel like if they follow the training and follow the structure and we'll kind of get yeah. them off to a good start, then, then we that, should be fine. That number sounds astronomical, but um, that probably equates to a deal, a deal and a half a month to do 300 in your key markets. Yeah, that's dollars, by the way, I will say. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. Yeah. A deal... Yeah. Like yeah. a deal a month gets you there. Whereas if somebody's yeah. in a, a a less fruitful regional desk where their average fee is 4K or 5K, like yeah, it's tough. You know, that's tough. And I, I always look at these people, I'm like, well, what are you doing? Like, like if if you have the same, you don't need to move to New York, you could move to Nottingham or you could move to London, or you could like there's so many better markets that you can work from the UK in better niche disciplines. Definitely. And I think, again, that goes back say 80% of our work's in the US and the US market's great. It's nowhere near as saturated as the UK, but that's, that's what I mean. And I think that's another benefit of us being in New York at the start. Um, we've just got that US market. It's set up ready for people to plug into. Um, and then they are coming in and doing 300, 400, 500. And as, as you know, when you start in recruitment, if you get success early, you're going to stick it. You're going to stick yeah. with the industry. So, so that's key for us getting people up and running ASAP with with good commission checks, etc. Cool. Can I ask you a few questions? Just might be helpful for other founders of of businesses thinking of getting into the US. Sure. Uh, is there any challenges with winning business? How how do you go about that? Um, no, I think people tend to overcomplicate it. We just, um, we just hired a PC here in Nottingham who's not worked the US before and he's done a lot of work in Germany. I was like, honestly, don't overcomplicate it. It's, it's so candidate led. If you get a good candidate in the right place, the only, you're going to be fine. If you get good candidates working, put them in the front of the right people, you'll be fine. The only difference for me is that it's a lot more talent acquisition focused. You're not going to be dealing with the hiring managers. They might pass you on. But you've got to have that relationship with HR, TA. Um, you probably can't negotiate your terms as much as you would in Europe. Um, it's a bit like, look, take this. It's good. It's 20%. Don't push it. But that's fine because you're going to get 100 roles over the year. So I think they're probably the key things for us. But 
I think people kind of overcomplicate it with strategy and yeah, a lot of it's just numbers, getting good candidates in the right place in good but markets. It's funny, isn't it? Like I, I had an advisory session, a couple of recently ones. I, I try and leave it all to Charlotte, um, but I get roped into it. And <laughs> I have people asking me real complex questions and I'm like, you're overcomplicating this. Like just get the candidate, control it, call the person up, explain your explain the pitch follow up make it happen do the right thing uh, what i'm interested in now is once you get that done you have the terms is that is your process then to expand that account and get more roles yeah definitely and that we're we're huge on that like and i've always done this from day one in my career i'll just be i'll ask for roles constantly even before we filled one, I was like, look, this is in a good place. You like this? Let's go for the next one. Let's go for the next one and just make yourself available constantly. So when we're in with these big accounts, we're trying to get all the way in. We're trying to globalize them. We're trying to work with them in different functions. But that's again, that's been a, a reason we've grown so quickly and well. But if you're doing a good job for a company, there's no there's no reason they wouldn't expand with you. Yeah. So so that leads me to my next question, which so, so in that, in that you're not really hyper niche in what you would do, like a Frank group, for example, where they'd be like, we just do dynamics. You're, we work a certain sector and then you expand the delivery of that from there. Definitely. Yeah. So we'll, we'll work with some big farmer accounts some big med device accounts. If they want to hire a HR person or a finance person, like, sure, we'll do it for them. It's, it's easier than hiring a salesperson. But yeah. as long as you understand that, specific of that market you're in you'll be fine because again the process is the same so as long as you can sell that company like let's be honest doing a linkedin recruit search isn't that hard to find a whether you find an hr if you're going to the company's competitors it's fine so yeah, yeah we're not i wouldn't say we're hyper niche in that but we do understand the verticals we're working in yeah okay so you understand the verticals but you people who work for you don't need to be a salesperson expert within that 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 vertical they, they'll be like you need to be able to recruit whatever roles we give you? Yeah, basically, as long as it's across, like, let's say, certain sections of life science or certain sections of med device or certain sections of construction, yeah, they yeah. need to be able to hire all of them. But but again, like that's how we've got to 50, by yeah. not being too picky. And I'm like, look, if there's a role there, that's a 30K fee, like, go fill it. Of course you, mm -hmm. course you fill it. And then as they grow their teams, we'll... we'll slowly and surely get more and more focused and then we'll have someone who just does sales and just does quality and just does regulatory but in the first three years of running this like who are we to be turning down business yeah so do you know what and that works when you have staff see if you're just an individual standalone recruiter and you try that yeah. process you'll get beat all the time yeah of focus, course you know but it's really interesting that when you have four people from day one that you're like, I won the account, right, guys? We're going to make this work. And Definitely. when we deliver on it, then we have more IP, processes, all the rest. And then you build out the teams under that. Of course. And that's exactly what we'll do and continue to do. And, and we feel really confident in that getting us to 100 people, 150 people. Um, so, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's worked really well and um, keeps us busy. Again, in recruitment, you don't really want to be sat there with nothing to work on. And I always think as a new starter, you've yeah, you're probably better off practicing working something that maybe isn't perfectly your area, but it's still practice. It's still a fee. You can still fill it. Yeah. So, uh, what are the current challenges then? You so you get to fifty. Like. Yeah. Good question. Um, I guess a lot of grads 
think we added of that 50, we probably added about 20, 25 over the last year. Um, so we hired in big groups of grads. Um, obviously getting to 50, we probably could do a bit more middle management, to be honest, across the business. So like I'm still helping grads here and the GM still helping grads. So uh, we're very flat in that sense. Um, that's a challenge. Average age of the company, I suppose. Um, a lot of people, this is their first job. Um, so with that, obviously, comes challenges. Um, I guess the market has slowed down probably a little bit from maybe 12 months ago Do when we, everyone was coming out of COVID. We, we can't fix the market. Um, you have your model of hiring. It's worked. But let's talk about the middle management piece. How yeah. do you take somebody into your business who has experience when you have a very specific culture like that? That's surely that's a big challenge. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And um, that's always that's always been challenging. I guess it's the way where we've had success is hiring people who've worked in companies who also have the grad model. Yeah, because um, because they understand. So we had like, a couple from Faden. and um, we just had a guy join um, in London to head up that office who's worked for a couple of similar companies to ours. Um, so that's I guess that's the way we've we've got around it. I think it'd be difficult for someone to come in and join here from maybe a Hayes or a Michael yeah. Pitt. Yeah, yeah, I think that might be challenging. Um, but it's hard hiring yeah. hiring experience for careers anyway. Actually, the, the page Walters hey the PLC model work yeah. when you have much more accounts and there there's actually a much less I don't know there's more average to manage rather than like drive it like a stole of grads it's a different it's a different it's a different mindset but you all 100%. end up there eventually definitely and and that's good. And I think that's, again, one of the challenges for us is like we want every everyone does 360. We want everyone doing new BD. Um, yeah. There's obviously accounts to work on, but obviously nothing like a page or a haze where they've got every account going. So, yeah. All right. So I think that's us for today, Joe. Really interesting story. Um, have you won any awards? I haven't seen you. I haven't seen your face all over any any big awards thing. Have you, have you shied away from that? Uh. I think we just started looking at a couple like this year. We've been nominated for two. I think we've been nominated for a small business, small like new recruitment business of the year. And I got nominated for young recruitment business person of the year as well. Uh, yeah. So they're in December. So fingers crossed we'll win them. But uh, yeah, we've not been we've not been in for too many, to be honest. No, oh, very good. Um, so look, really, really great story. And, uh, you know, it's, we've talked a lot over the years and you're like, oh, I think I'm ready to come on now. And it's uh, it's cool that you were listening back when you were thinking of setting up and now you're at 50 people. I know, yeah. I, I mean, listen, I've probably listened to all of them. Um, but weirdly, was quite nervous to come on, actually. And I was kind of like, oh, we're only 10, we're only 20, we're only 30. And then finally decided to, uh, to I guess, get the bottle to come on and do it. So, um, but yeah, no, thanks for having us. It's been good. Yeah. And uh Hopefully we'll be able to come on again in another another five years. I could tell you about the next plan. Oh, lovely! And it's funny that isn't it? It's never enough, by the way. Like yeah, <laughs> that's what they said. To, like you know, you are ten, just whoever's at two. They're like you're 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 so far ahead, and you're at fifty to somebody who's at twenty, and they're like, I can't get off this. So it's it's never yeah, enough. No, enjoy the journey. It's always good though. I think listening to these, like I've always taken something from all the ones I've listened to that you've done, and. Um, 
yeah, no, I think it's definitely beneficial. So, um, yeah, no, hopefully we'll be able to come back on again. Great stuff. All right. Well, thanks so much for ha for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having us. Cheers, Dwight. I appreciate it.